Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Oh my gosh, we just got terrific news. We got three really big weeks ahead of us. It's wedding season, kid. I got us down for 17 of them already. Okay, now how many of them are cash pours? Great question. Love where your head's at. And two of them actually are. But I got us covered. Purple hearts. We won't have to pay for a drink all night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. We are going to have tons and tons of opportunities to meet gorgeous ladies that are so aroused by the thought of marriage that they'll throw their inhibitions to the wind. And who's going to be there to catch them? Grab that net and catch that beautiful butterfly, pal. What do you like better, Christmas or wedding season? The answer would be um, wedding season. Wedding Crashers 2, filming wow. this summer. Yeah, with all the original cast back. They don't say whether Will Ferrell shows up with his mom in the meatloaf or not. Right. Yeah, but he'd have to be. You'd think so. You know, he's, uh, uh, while a side part in that movie, he was, you know, with such a phenomenal yeah, role. At the funeral right? when, he's, when he's crying <laughs> with the girl and then pointing at her. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> he almost stole it in that, like, 30 seconds. Well, and, he, and he's with her, I think, at the end in the wedding, right? Is he? I can't remember yeah, now. That's, I think that's the the end. And when they finally, when they all drive away, both of them married. So I wonder where this is going to hmm. go now. Yeah, Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Rachel McAdams, and it's a, I never say her name right. Isla Listen, Fisher. Isla, is that yeah. how you say it? Isla Fisher. Yeah, all back. And she was brilliant in that role. She was great. Anyhow, that'll be terrific. Wedding Crashers, too, if you're a fan of that movie. My neighborhood is the most magical of all neighborhoods. The Pooh Hut? In all of the world. Well, besides my Pooh Hut's a problem. <laughs> okay. But everything else is just magical. Yesterday, I was out cutting the grass, and I was going up the side of the house, up the boulevard, and uh, my neighbor across the street had just gotten home. He waved to me. I waved back. I continued on with my mowing. I came down around the front of my house, went back up the side again, and there, in the middle of the boulevard, in the grass, was a cold, full beer. What? It popped up the ground like dandelions. <laughs> in my neighborhood, we grow beer in the lawn. Right. That's how magical it is. Shut out. Yeah. So I stopped, of course, my lawnmower, and I looked about. I said, how is this possible? And then I looked over, and there was my neighbor. He also, it turns out, had a beer grow out of his grass. Really? So we shared a, a, a lovely beverage. And I never got back to cutting the grass. <laughs> the lawnmower's still sitting there. Say, is it still running? Or is it, must have ran out of gas <laughs> by now. Gas. Oh, yeah, ran out of gas by now. Um, yeah, much like the story of my father years ago, just after Christmas, January, he's outside with the ladder, taking down the lights. My mom says, Bob, there's a call for you. He goes in the house, answers the phone. That ladder and those lights stayed there till the spring, just blowing in the breeze. Yeah. So we had a lovely conversation, and then I get back in my house... And I realized I was so embarrassed. So I have like, you know, you have certain clothes you wear when you're out so we're doing stuff. Yeah. I got these old grubby shorts and grubby t-shirts. I have this old white grubby t-shirt I like to wear. So I had... <laughs> Wait gra- a minute. I've seen some of your house shirts. Oh, yeah. But this, this is a grubbier version well, of that? This actually has sleeves. Oh, okay. I'm not allowed outside with those <laughs> shirts on. But I would have been far better had I because I had just grabbed this shirt, threw it on, went outside, started cutting the grass wasn't until I got back in the house that I realized it was inside out. Okay. And so all of the, like, stitching, like, it's really predominant. It's a cheap shirt, so it's not well made at all. <laughs> all And I'm sitting there gabbing with him and gabbing with his wife. And, I'm, and then I look at myself, and they must have thought I was a complete moron. <laughs> they probably do. I mean, I'm sure they already thought that. 
Now, this is the guy whose uh, wife had the uh, the baby in the bathroom. Oh, that right. Story? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, crazy situation. She literally, he came home from work and she was given birth in the bathroom. I would have thrown up on her and ran away. <laughs> but he... <laughs> What's going on, honey? Oh, wait, there's a beer on the lawn. <laughs> You're not going to believe it. The lawn's giving birth to beer just like you. <laughs> so anyhow, keep that in mind. If you're looking for a new home, search my neighborhood. Oh, really? Get the beer in the grass. Are you a family that enjoys The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Have you ever... Ah, uh... Uh, no. No. No, we don't keep up on that. Chris Harrison was the host. Uh, and then what did he... Did he get caught saying something? Yeah, or I think he... so. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. With all the woke community getting rid of everybody, I, mm. I lose track of who's out and who's in. But uh, Chris Harrison's uh, future with the Bachelor franchise still, I guess, up in the air. But for this summer, he is out. So they decided to do kind of a Jeopardy thing, and they're going through a rotating cast of comedians to host it. And David Spade is going to be the first to uh, host Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> oh, really? And I, from the times I've watched him recently, he loves those shows. Like, he's uh, on about them all the time. Well, he, he might date half the women that get eliminated. Yeah, probably. Uh, this was interesting, I thought. BuzzFeed gathered some of the wildest moments that actually happened on movie sets. Things like um, during the filming of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Jim Carrey was given CIA-level torture training to prep for his daily eight-hour makeup session. Wow. Because I guess the, the, you can get claustrophobic yeah, and, for and sure. all of that. Yeah. In Star Wars, A New Hope, George Lucas had to move his sand crawler vehicle away from the Libyan border because Libya had mistaken it for a military vehicle and threatened military action. Well, that would have been an interesting scene. Yeah. Another <laughs> level. Um, in Poltergeist... Joe Beth Williams spent four to five days shooting a scene in a pool of real skeletons since fake ones were considered too expensive. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Uh, is it Jim Cavellas? I think that's how you say his last name. He was uh, Christ in the Passion of the right. Christ. Cavellas? Uh, uh, I, mean, yeah, I can't like remember that. how it's in now, yeah. Anyhow, he was struck by lightning while filming the Sermon on the Mount scene. Wow. Well, that'll tell you something. <laughs> that's something, I tell you. That is something. <laughs> <laughs> in Titanic, the majority of the cast and crew were rushed to the hospital one night after being poisoned with PCP-spiked clam chowder. I had heard about that, that poisoning. I didn't know it was PCP. Yeah, I guess to this day it is believed that a disgruntled chef was responsible because to the, nobody's ever been able to figure out who did it, who spiked it. In Apocalypse Now, police showed up on the set in the Philippines and took everyone's passports after discovering they were using... Unidentified bodies as props. They'd been purchased from a grave robber. Ooh. Find a grave robber. Are they online? (laughs) (laughs) The yellow pages? Uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, another one of those films. Uh, Peter Mayhew, who played uh, Chewbacca. Yep. His costume, when he was in it, had to be escorted by crew members in bright vests through the Pacific Northwest so people wouldn't mistake him for Bigfoot and shoot him. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you imagine that? Yeah. Well, I guess they're, uh, they're they always believe out the, out there that there is a there's the Yeti. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. And there's a lot of talk, of course, once again about uh, celebrities running for political office. Matthew McConaughey has been talking about wanting to uh, to run a campaign to be the Texas governor, and The Rock is still ongoing with his pursuit of perhaps being the next president. 
He's even got that TV show, Young Rock, mm-hmm. which uh, highlights supposedly him as president and just goes back to how that all came to oh, be. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what the whole show is based on. Clay Aiken stepped up to say that uh, dipping uh, your uh, toes into the uh, political waters can be very tough. Of course, he did it back in 2014. He said, uh, the sad truth is we're so divided right now. Uh, people are very tribal, and it's entirely almost impossible to, to do the job. The minute, especially a celebrity puts their hat in the ring and puts either an R or D behind their name, they're going to lose a lot of support. He says, I uh, hesitate to believe that either of them is going to be willing to forego the universal love and acclaim they have from some folks. You have to be prepared for attacks and dirt to be slung like you've never imagined. And nobody's reputation survives that completely unscathed. Part of the difficulty of it all, too, right? And, 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 you know, a lot of these people have, you know, adoring fans Mm. and, and with it comes some ego. Oh, that's yeah. involved with it too, and and they'll probably look at it and say, "Listen, I have a lot of detractors and denouncers and people who are just haters on on social media." But you know, they hate you for your fame and your success, mm. not necessarily for your 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 policy mm. or what you stand for. You know, when you open yourself up to that political realm, it's a completely you know different animal, and we've seen what that can do. <laughs> Uh, yep. and, you know, in, in its detriment to the office. And, and really, where did we along the way decide that it was such an easy job that anybody can do it? I mean, I, you know, it used to be a time that you were either a lawyer or you were born into it and you learned it, like, you know, much like JFK. I mean, his father groomed him up the ladder. I, I mean, don't think they look at the job. I think they look at the race. Yeah. And I think it's a popularity contest that I can win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, they also, you know, won particular former president looks at the success that you can gain off of it mm-hmm. as well yeah, and guess. what it can do for your brand. Bill Maher from Real Time at Bill Maher had this to say about it. I just thought it was very funny. This is from his, uh, his wrap-up comment at the end of every show. The Rock says he might be the right man for the job because he believes he can unite the country. You can't. Why? Because the blue states and red states both like your stupid movies? <laughs> Let me put it bluntly to you and all these would-be showbiz candidates. You're not good enough, you're not smart enough, and doggone it, it completely doesn't matter that people like you. They like you now because you're an entertainer and thus largely uncontroversial. Governing is the opposite. If you think you can unite the country, you're delusional. A space alien attack couldn't unite this country. Have you uh, ever had a crush on someone at work? If not, you're in the minority. Most asked say, yeah, yeah, I've, I've crushed on somebody. Right. Well, I guess you and I both did because we ended up marrying them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we married them. Yeah. Um, or maybe they were crushing on us. Perhaps. No. <laughs> no, even I can't. I can't lie. No, I just waited in the weeds until uh-huh. everybody else just gave up. Uh-huh. Um, others who were asked say they'd rather not talk about it, so the answer is probably yes. Yeah, or yeah. they're currently crushing on someone. Yeah. Now, I, I would say that over over my years of working, I've certainly been attracted to other people at work, and you think, oh, that person's a, you know, she's she's pretty or she's attractive or whatever the case may be. But I think crushing is another level. I think that's kind of when you leave the office and still pining for them or thinking about them right well or, or just i i think part of it is because you know, we're attracted to a lot of people mm. in our lives we see someone we pass them we 
we honk at them because we're attracted <laughs> to them. Uh, and as Seinfeld says, so ridiculous. But, yeah. uh, you know, when you're at work, when you work with that person, chances are you spend a lot more time mm-hmm. with them, especially if you're a single person, spend most of your time at work right. getting to know other people. And I can see where those, you know, attractions develop into crushes then. And a lot of times, too, if you meet somebody at work and if you're, you know, say you're in your 20s or something and you meet that person and you fall in love and you get married, at some point, most of the time, anyhow, you move on and, you know, careers change and people go on to other things. So you're not necessarily working together uh, anymore because I don't know. Uh, to have to work every day. Your situation is different in that you work in the same building, but you you don't see each other. Right, yeah. She's down the hall, you're on the air in the morning. But, like, can you imagine actually being in your workplace with your spouse day in and day out and at home with them as well? Like, if you were in the same... Whew, that would be difficult. Well, and, and, and really, you know, throughout all of what's gone on in the last year, too, you think of couples... Who started businesses together, mm. and you know you've got the stress of the business, stress of the home, stress of the pandemic. It must be just ridiculous. No way, ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> we can't ask each other to do stuff now. Could you imagine if one had to direct the other one to do it? Right. Can you pay those bills? No. Can you pay those yeah. bills? <laughs> Did you put the order in? Yes, I put the order in. Where is everybody? I don't know. Why do you talk to people on the phone like that? Because you aggravate me so much. I'm closing this business down. Right. Yeah, it would uh, it would be pretty tough. And good on you if you've been able to do that, because we do know some who do. Uh-huh. Um, do you find PDA annoying, public displays of affection? Uh, I, I guess if it's outright. You know, like like really out there, like you know, babies being made, <laughs> porn porn breaks out on a bench. <laughs> now that I might stop to watch, but somewhere in the middle, yeah, yeah, it can get a little much. Yeah, and, and it, it depends on the setting, right? Like if it's just you know we're out uh, us as a couple and with another couple mm. and they're making out <laughs> it gets a little awkward i'd imagine or even with the, the nicknames if you're having dinner with another couple and it's all honey and poo right yeah i mean i'm guilty of calling maria sweetie uh like when we're golfing like, hey good shot sweetie and i if i do it i have to be aware oh i think i've said that three or four times now especially if you're golfing with another couple right you can get annoyed. i would find that annoying when it gets noticed or when i feel that it's mm. getting noticed like, as I've heard you call it in mm. the sweetie out, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's fine. But if I, if I hear it enough that I think Adrian's hearing it, <laughs> and I'm going to have a conversation on the ride home about how I don't do enough of that, You're gonna take me then aside? I'm going to find that very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pull you aside and say, listen to your sweetie. Craig, can you come over here and help me find my ball in the woods? I'm showing you right now. You call her sweetie one more time. <laughs> Would you shut up? <laughs> Stop pretending. <laughs> you can't really like her that much, can you? Yeah, so make it out in public. A baby voice, that can get annoying. Oh, wow, yeah. But some people are really, like, rigid about this. Like, some people say they don't like seeing other people holding hands or putting their arms over their shoulder. I mean, what is this, Handmaid's Tale going uh, Yeah, I mean, if, you know, you're walking along, you see another couple holding hands, I mean, you can't really have a problem with that. No, no. You know, if, he's, if they're, like, arms locked and walking along, like, it always looks awkward. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, walk, it's like a three-legged race is happening. <laughs> right. 
Um, and as much as we know that sex is important in a relationship, it's a part of what makes it great. Uh, maybe it's not that important because half of people, half in a relationship claim their current partner is the worst sex they've ever had. <laughs> wow. Maybe it's lack thereof. Maybe. Or yeah, just, you know. It's slowed down a touch. A little dry. Yeah. Yeah. The average person said they've had seven really bad sexual encounters in their life, and a third of us have fallen asleep during sex. <laughs> a third? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can tell you I've never been the one who fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, people were also asked about sex injuries. Uh, over half of people who hurt themselves during the loving say it happened in the shower. Okay. Yeah, one of those scenarios yeah. where they Seems make great. it look good yeah. on screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's always just standing there freezing. You know, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And in practice, you know, we aren't designed height-wise to be doing all of this sometimes. Like, and you, it's tough. you can't bring a ladder into the shower with you. <laughs> that's, well, that's why we have, the, stool. we have the swing set. Right. The sex swing in the bedroom. <laughs> and the hump hassock. <laughs> Yeah, see, I guess if you're in a long-term relationship, although they always say that, you know, the longer you're with someone, you get to know all their uh, piccadillos, what they like and don't right, like. Right, yes. Know. All of a sudden, missionary lights off isn't good enough anymore. <laughs> it's all got to be the standing wheelbarrow for crying out loud. I think for most of us raising kids at some point along the way, and even ourselves when we were children, we probably got allowance for chores. Uh-huh. You know, cut the grass, shovel the snow, help around the house. Maybe you get like 10 bucks a week or whatever it was your, your parents doled out. Uh, but there's a woman who's looking at it a little different. And I, I kind of get uh, this idea. It kind of, it makes sense to me. This mom blogger is going viral after she got on TikTok and said she doesn't pay her daughter for chores. Instead, she pays for the amount of time she puts into her hobbies and things she's passionate about, like gymnastics. Uh, she says she wants her kids to feel like their hobbies are their job, and she wants them to associate money with stuff they enjoy doing, not stuff they hate. Okay. So when they're older, they won't go after jobs they hate just because they pay well. Interesting. Yeah, and I was thinking of, like, your boys and playing hockey. You know, in the real world, if you play hockey and you play at a, some sort of a professional level, like of all sports, you do well, you get paid, you get bonus money. Uh, if you do well at your own job, you know, sometimes you get a raise, sometimes you get bonus money. Right. And we should maybe explain to our kids that we all have to chip in to help around the house to maintain it. Yes. None of us are getting paid unless you're a house cleaner. Right. Nobody's getting paid to scrub a toilet. Yes. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the allowance just for doing chores. It's an interesting concept. The only problem I can see there is, it, you know, if, if some people take it to an extreme, mm. which... Many parents do these days, <laughs> sure. where you know you're you're paying kids for goals mm. and not necessarily just for you know for practicing, right? Right. Yeah. I, yeah. You'd have to come up with some sort of system like, where I, they get bonused, yeah, if they score some goals or really play hard and contribute during the game, right? And then maybe if they're not whining and sulking and putting their own hockey bag in the trunk and taking it into the house to dry it out, you know, they get their whatever it is, yeah. See, that's what I'd like to see, especially, you know, this summer, my, you know, goal with the boys is it, once you were outside, school's out, yeah. you know, this is the time to start, you know, not necessarily training for hockey, but just getting outdoors mm-hmm. and doing something and working on your game. If you want to, if you really want to say you want to be serious at this mm-hmm. game, well, show that you have some sort of dedication 
outside of, you know, just going to the rink and playing hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, anyhow. Mm. Cash for hobbies instead of chores. <laughs> but they'll come and say, well, the Leafs are golfing. Why can't I? <laughs> Some random facts for you. Bobby Pierce from Australia won the gold medal in men's single skulls rowing at the 1928 Summer Olympics. Okay. Even though, and he, got, he won gold, even though he paused during the competition to let a family of ducks swim past him. <laughs> <laughs> he must have had a pretty good lead. Yeah. <laughs> he got time to pause for a cigarette, let the ducks go by. Uh, essential oils get their names because they contain the essence of a plant smell, not because they're crucial or vital in any way. Oh. Yeah. On March 12th, 1951, a cartoonist in the UK and a cartoonist in America both launched a comic called Dennis the Menace. But they were two separate and unrelated characters and the creators didn't even know each other. Are you serious? Yeah, on the same day. Weird, huh? The difference between a play in New York's theater district being Broadway, off-Broadway, or off-off-Broadway is the size of the theater. Okay. Over 500 seats is Broadway, 100 to 499 seats is off-Broadway, and 99 seats or less is off-off-Broadway. How small is that theater? (laughs) (laughs) Is there really a theater at that point? It'd be the one we couldn't sell out. We're putting on a play, Lucky and Craig. <laughs> We'd be off, 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 Broadway. Right. Seats zero to five. Um, days in, you know the days in. Yep. They're not named because there's, that's the amount of time you're supposed to stay, as in days. But it's named after its founder, Cecil B. Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. And finally, the Big Mac. Originally it was called the Aristocrat. Really? Yeah, that name bombed, so it was switched to the Blue Ribbon Burger for a while. That also bombed, and they went with the Big Mac, and that has stuck. Wow. And every time I see the word aristocrat, I think of that joke. <laughs> Have you heard it? It's the dirty, it is claimed to be the dirtiest, uh, yes. dirtiest joke ever told. And if you've got some time with no children around or duct tape their ears, go and look up the Aristocrats movie. It is 90 minutes of comedians just getting filthier and filthier with that joke. (laughs) And they had a competition to see who could be the the dirtiest. And it is said that there have been comics who have gone days with it. Like, just don't stop. Yeah. They just go on and on. And what do you call the act? The aristocrats. Uh, and it really is a, a brilliant, brilliant joke. Anyhow, look that up and uh, and enjoy that if you like some dirty humor because it gets just downright filthy. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.